glass of beer and talk about uh, all the things we care. So spare a minute of your time. Oh, it's time for Between Cities. Beers along the secret coast. One of my favorite things about hosting this podcast, and living in my van, (laughs) is you find places you normally wouldn't seek out. Generally, when I thought about cities along the Gulf Coast, I thought about New Orleans. (laughs) You know, cities along Florida, Texas maybe, but never Mississippi. After leaving New Orleans, I stumbled upon the beautiful coastal city of Gulfport, Mississippi. Growing up, and even a couple weeks ago, to be honest, I never thought of Mississippi as a coastal state. But, awesomely, it has miles of beautiful shoreline. And that's exactly what I saw out my window on the shoreline as I drove to interview Chandelier Brewing in downtown Gulfport. Today, we talk with Gina, Katie, and Paige about the Mississippi shoreline, the fusion of winemaking and brewing, foolishly saying Beetlejuice three times in my opinion, and the beer laws of the state of Mississippi. I drive the van past miles of beautiful shoreline. In time, I find a cute coffee shop overlooking the gulf and drink an espresso as I prepare for today's interview. The sound of the waves makes it easy to relax as I ask myself, am I really in Mississippi? Time passes. I park near Chandler Brewing. It starts to rain as I bring my gear in, but that's fine. Gina, the general manager, greets me warmly. She grabs me a generous flight as we both take a seat next to an impressively maintained fish tank. I take a sip of a really genuinely solid Kolsch, and we begin to talk. Tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got here. I moved to the Mississippi Gulf Coast almost six years ago. My daughter graduated from college and kept going west, and I was still in Memphis, Tennessee, and decided if she was going to keep going west, I would head south. So I moved down here. This is the only job I've had since I've been down here. Yeah. Uh, I worked at a giant beer garden before moving here, and so I didn't want to do events any longer, and so I thought I knew just enough about beer I could probably sell it. Mm-hmm. So I started off as sales manager and Prior to COVID, I was full-time sales manager. Through COVID, I worked out of the tap room. We opened the front door and sold beer across the table. Uh, and then our former brewmaster left to open his own brewery, and they asked me to do payroll, and it's turned into a general manager. Okay, and congratulations yeah, about thanks. that. <laughs> what, what do you like most about being here in Gulfport? So I actually live in Biloxi, but what's really cool about the Mississippi coast is that we have six, eight, 10 different towns and each little town has its own personality so sort of bookend on the on the coast is uh, Bay St. Louis and it's an old town with a cool little waterfront area with all kinds of bars and restaurants and then the other end is Ocean Springs and Pascagoula and each of those cities have their own little personalities and restaurants and bars and places to go and art museums um, so I love the fact that not only is this coast super creative and super interesting in terms of being able to do something different 
on the weekly basis, but we're only an hour and 15 minutes from New Orleans, and we're only 45 minutes from Mobile, and so... Right in the middle. Two hours to Pensacola, and so, yeah. you know, it's uh, centrally located to do all kinds of cool stuff. And about the brewing company, you said you had some history tidbits and, and facts. Can you speak on some of sure, those? Sure, sure. The owners of our brewery are twin brothers. Their names are Cam and Kane Roberts. They own a commercial contracting company. Uh, one lives in Fairhope, Alabama, the other over here in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Okay. Uh, they grew up in Gulfport. Uh, they love craft beer. Kane lives in Fairhope, and one of his friends owns uh, Fairhope Brewing. And okay. reached out to him and said, we're expanding. We would like for you to build us a, a new building. And so they had to do the research about how beer you know, drains and how glycol lines run and how you set up a brewery and what all goes into one. And it's so a lot. It is. Yeah. So they built that one. Um, they also built another brewery called Big Beach Brew, which is in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Okay. Uh, the city of Gulfport was beginning to do a renovation of downtown Gulfport to bring life and vitality and sales places back to the city. And they came to them and said, hey, we've got this big building at the end of the block. We think it'd be a great place for a brewery. Would you guys be willing to build it? And they said, yeah. not only will we build it, but we're going to run a brewery from it. So they they bought the building and renovated it, and then they opened the brewery. So prior to 2017, so we started brewing in 2014. Okay. But prior to 2017 in the state of Mississippi, you couldn't purchase a glass of beer at a brewery. You could oh, wow. take a tour and you could get some samples. And so we did that for a couple of years. But this room was here ready to go. So when right. the law changed in 2017 and Cam and Kane were um, instrumental in legislation that helped change those rules, um, hmm. we opened July 1st this tap room. Interesting. And there also was an ABV increase law that was passed around that time, right? From 6.3 to 10.1, something like that? Something like that. We were trying to find the information on it. And in 2012, yeah. it went up to 8%. And okay. I was thinking it was 10.2 or 10.3 because we've only had one or two 10% alcohol beers in here. But um, that was big because the neighboring states to us have much higher ABVs yeah. or no limits at all. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Just looking around, too, you can see that the, the brothers like fishing. They like going big out time, on boats. Big and, time. Uh, so that's a big part of the founding of it, right? It is. And so uh, we're named after a series of islands about 30 miles due south of here called the Chandelier Islands. Okay. Um, it's a string, um, I don't know if I said it, 40, 40 little islands. And Ooh. within those 40 islands are beautiful places to fish. So giant redfish, tarpon, speckled trout, hammerhead sharks. As soon as you get out past our barrier islands, the water gets much cleaner, clearer. Yeah. Okay. So we have brackish water right here where the Mississippi meets the Gulf. And so that water is a mixture, and it looks dirty, but when you get a glass of it, it's clean. It's The sand is brown underneath. Yeah. Um, if you look at it on the map, the Chandelier Islands look like a barrier island to the New Orleans marshlands. Oh. Um, the reason okay. it's spelled so funny is because it belongs to Louisiana. So it's sure. spelled with a French influence on the spelling. So wow. people are always asking, is it Chandelier or Chandelier? Chand yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. they say Chandelier. Chandelier. Yep. That's so yep. interesting. Yep. But there's a, a smack channel. So we've got a beer called Little Smack. We've also had a Big Smack. Mm -hmm. There's an island called Freemason. So we have a beer called Freemason. Uh, Curlews is another island. The surf side is obviously the outer side of the islands versus the interior side. So a lot of our beers originally were named after places in Chandelier Island. That's fascinating. Yep. yep. I have to ask a question that okay. I ask everybody. Okay. Okay. So why why do you keep doing what you're doing? Why, why do you stay here at Chandelier Island Brewing in Gulfport, Mississippi? We are allowed so much creativity here. Our head brewer, 
uh, is also a female, and we'll go out on the weekends, and we'll come back and go, oh my gosh, I had the best cocktail, or I had the best meal at this place. A so-and-so beer would go perfectly with that. And so that quickly, that easily, we can develop something that we've come up with in our own mind, or that we've seen, or, or we've seen a combination of, or we've gotten the creative juices flowing and thought oh my gosh they need this at this mexican restaurant you know they need a certain type of beer and we're working we've done that we've done collaborations the owners are huge into conservation so they love the gulf they love fishing but they're um they're graduates of the southern miss university okay so we currently have a collaboration going on with usm and their research foundation called gulf blue Mm -hmm. and it's an organization attracting high-tech companies to the mississippi gulf coast literally across the street from our brewery so we've brewed an oyster stout with them so a portion of the proceeds goes back to this research foundation okay uh, we've partnered with Mississippi State for a hammerhead shark tagging project and okay. a carbon tagging project. Okay. And then we've also partnered with the Mississippi Aquarium on a couple conservation efforts. Everything that we serve food on here is compostable. Hmm. All of our cups are compostable. All of the grain that comes out of our lauder ton, uh, a farmer comes and gets and feeds to his cattle. That's great. So it's yeah, a great we development. We recycle all the cans that that we use as we're trying to make sure everything's correct on the canning line. So yeah. we're just trying to do our best to not be a burden on the environment yeah so there's collaboration conservation and you're right by the beach and right by new orleans and <laughs> exactly. not mobile mobile Alabama, there you go as you mobile mobile <laughs> i still got it wrong uh but gina thank you so much oh, uh, for talking with me i really appreciate you letting you're me welcome. stop in okay thank you good. let's talk a little more about the chandelier islands As mentioned, they're a chain of thin, uninhabited islands, which are approximately 50 miles long and mark the easternmost point of the state of Louisiana. They are part of the Breton National Wildlife Refuge, established in 1904, which, incidentally, is the second oldest wildlife refuge system in the U.S. And I bring this up because if you look closely at the logo for Chandelier Brewing, you can see the Chandelier Islands. You can see the chain of islands to the right of the logo. It's small, but you can see it. This, along with the brewery's commitment to conservation, further shows how many breweries are really intimately tied to the name they choose. And speaking of breweries and beer, let's have a talk with the brewmaster of Chandelier Brewing, Katie. I'm here with Katie, the brewmaster. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. Good, good, Glad good. Glad to be here. I'm glad I could be here. Um, are you from here originally? Uh, no, tell I'm, me how you got here. I'm actually from Florida originally. Um, okay. Born and raised, and then I've traveled around the world a bit. Okay. Um, I moved from Pensacola, where I studied pre-med, to California and started my um, studies in enology as a winemaker. And then after that, I uh, continued my enology studies in Australia. Did that for about eight months with the wine group, you know, the same people that make Cupcake, Franzia, Chillable Red. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, after that, I traveled over here. There were no wine grapes to be found up to something that I would consider making wine out of. <laughs> um, so I've dabbled in muscadines, you know, but right, still right. not my forte. Okay, so this is actually really exciting for me because I usually only speak to strict brewers. Yeah. And I, I brew myself, but I've never made wine. Is there a fundamental difference between, in your point of view, making wine and brewing beer? Um, so there are some, you know, differences, but there's actually really a lot of similarities, which made it kind of easy for me to work my way 
from the lab into the cellar and onto the brew house and then now kind of running the show here. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, if you're kind of a fermentation nerd, you just kind of pick it up. You're using different yeast strands. I mean, when I first got here, sour beers to me, you know, or, or wild fermentations, I was like, oh my gosh, no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah. don't contaminate it. And somebody <laughs> handed it to me and I was like, what is this? And I enjoyed yeah. it, you know, yeah. and it kind of turned my head. And so now I'll actually use a lot of my wine science in my brewing process. So I'll cross over and use some wine yeast or I'll even use wine varietals sometimes for secondary fermentation and kind wow. of... Uh, dabble with both of those sciences at one time. That's great. And Gina was saying, I was just talking to her, she said you had a lot of creative freedom with brewing and brewing for the space that you're in, which is always nice. Yes, definitely. Brewmaster. Yeah. Uh, Cam and Kane, the owners here, they're they're great. They're mm-hmm. great to work for. And, um, you know, this company as a whole is just phenomenal. They kind of let me do whatever. And sometimes they're like, oh, I'm not sure about it. And I'm like, you just wait. You just wait. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. So tell me a little bit about, you've been all over the world. You've been to Australia. You grew up in Florida, California. What is it like being in Gulfport, Mississippi? I mean, to be quite honest, it's the South. So it's very similar to Florida. I grew up in a small town called Tavares, known as Lake County. Okay. Um, you know, we're as Southern as you get. Boots, yeah. you know, kind yeah, of yeah. situation. <laughs> so it's really not too far fetched from my my hometown. Okay. What I find it interesting, I'm from Iowa, and anywhere you go, even if it's a couple miles from where you grew up, there's similarities, but it's also a little different. So what's nice here is, so again, it was Lake County, so it's more lakes. Now I have more of the coastal environment, so I get the like, you know, Yolo beach meets. I can also go, you know ride four-wheelers down the yeah. road. It's like a, a combo of the best of both worlds. I'm going to ask you a question that I asked Gina that I will ask Paige later. All right. Why do you keep doing what you're doing? Why do you keep brewing? It's more of uh, the creativity aspect. You know, uh, I can make something over and over again or sit down in an office and do the same job over and over again, or I can, you know, walk into this production and the, the tanks themselves tell me, you know, how my day is going to go. So every day I walk in and I'm doing a couple checks and I have no idea what that day is going to lead. Yeah. So I enjoy the curveballs of this kind of production and I enjoy being able to use my um, artistic abilities yeah. through fermentation. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I keep doing it. No day is ever the same. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Katie. Artistic abilities through fermentation. I want to say I really enjoy how Katie phrased that because it's undeniably true in brewing, especially. You can use your wine knowledge to inform your next brew like Katie does, or you can blur the line between lager and ale like the Kolsch does, which uses an ale yeast, but then is conditioned at a cold temperature like a lager. You can devote an entire book or yes, a podcast series to the fluidity of beer making and fermentation, literally hundreds, thousands of different combinations. But I just wanted to say, before we get to Paige, the wonderful taproom manager, how I appreciate people like Katie, who continue to innovate and make the world of beer an ever-changing and just such an interesting place to be. Anywho, let's talk with Paige about beer laws and Beetlejuice, shall we? Tell me a little bit about how you got here today. Are you from Gulfport originally? Yes, born and raised in Gulfport. Born and raised in Gulfport. Mm-hmm. Okay, born and raised in Gulfport. Lately, has there been a bit of a renaissance in terms of how many breweries are here? So they're slowly popping back up. We do have quite a few more uh, brew pubs than like distributing breweries. Yeah, um, I will say, I grew up in Iowa. Mm-hmm. 
and it was a small town, and there were no breweries, very few like brew pubs as mm -hmm. well. And it's interesting to see that like progression mm -hmm. from nothing. And then there's places like, like Chandelier Islands mm -hmm. that pop up. Of course, every state and every city has different laws. And each year it's getting a little bit easier for breweries to, you know, open up in Mississippi. And hopefully yeah. in the coming years we'll have more than the handful that we have. Tell me, how did you get to Chandelier Island? So I used to work at a bar around the corner. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of work with Chandelier before I came over here. Like if we would do events, I'd always ask the brewmaster to come over. Or we would do giveaways, you know, partner with our Halloween costume contest. Like they would do theirs and we would do ours. And when yeah. I left that company, they reached out to me and asked me if I would like to come on here. And I absolutely wow. accepted. Okay. So. Without hesitation. Without hesitation. Okay. Do you, uh, side note, do you have a favorite costume that you did? Um, yeah, probably my Beetlejuice costume. Beetlejuice costume, yeah, all right. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty cool. Okay, you didn't say it three times, though, did you? Oh, of course I did, all night oh, long. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, so you started working here. What was the transition like, uh, it was to work a, here? It was a little strange at first because it was just beer, and I had come from a bar that was full service. Right. So it, it was cool because I got to learn so much about beer and I knew a lot already because the bar I worked at did have 37 crafts on draft but yeah. I got to learn firsthand like the creation of beer and that it's my passion I love it working at a place that has your passion mm -hmm. where you're surrounded by your passion is fantastic it is it is um, but now uh, at the ta or in the tap room, we mm -hmm. actually have cocktails, which just changed. That bill changed last year. Um, oh, wow. So distributing breweries are allowed to get a liquor license now. Okay. Um, so now okay. we have introduced craft beer cocktails into our tap room, which is awesome. <laughs> Do you have any favorites? I love craft beer cocktails. Um, so I think my favorite, which unfortunately we don't have anymore because we're out of the beer, was a guava jelly Paloma, which was made with our oh guava jelly sour. Yes. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. This is a very legislative episode of the podcast. <laughs> I feel like there's so many changes that happen in Mississippi law with mm -hmm. breweries and mm -hmm. it's fascinating. It is fascinating. <laughs> yeah. So what are you looking forward to the most for yourself and Chandelier? And uh, what, what for myself, I'm just looking forward to all the growth that is coming. There are so many things that are going to be changing for us as a business and as a family in the business. Uh, yeah. Within the next two years, it's just we're constantly growing and it's exciting. It's very exciting. Mm -hmm. So I, I have a question that I normally ask everybody. Uh-huh. Um, When's the Beetlejuice costume coming back? Is, oh, is it making a return, or <laughs> or is it was it a one-time thing? I mean, it might make a return. It was it was a lot of fun to put together, and um, it would be really cool to bring it back. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All, right. All right, whatever you do, don't say it three times. Though. Okay. Right. Thank you so much, Paige. You're welcome. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, beer. <laughs> I won't say it a third time. But I will talk about how the artwork on beer cans can transcend generations. And they're hard to find, or at least I haven't found anything until I visited Chandelier Brewing. While showing me beer cans after the interview, Gina talked about a local tattoo artist who does some of the can work. Beer. We partnered with a tattoo artist named Matt Stebley. He's out of Ocean Springs and has this twisted anchor tattoo shop. 
He created our logo, created the image for Freemason, for Little Smack, the octopus on two of our sour cans, and the little king cake baby on our carnival cake ale. After this, she explained that Matt's grandfather's artwork is featured on another can. Generational can art. How cool is that? I will post both cans on my Instagram. Genuinely, thank you so much for listening to the Beer Nomad podcast. If you found any value in the show, please rate and subscribe. It really helps get the word out there. Additionally, you can follow along visually at my Instagram at the Beer Nomad Van. And after this week, I hope you explore places you normally wouldn't go because you'll find great people, great locations, and great times. Drink good beer and be good to each other. Cheers. Mm-hmm.